<laughs> it's time for Santa's favorite kind of wagertainment, the Daily Tip. On my nice list, it's Michael Jenkins. Yeah! Oh my God! And getting her a lump of coal, Chelsea Messenger. Humbug. <laughs> and I can't forget our reindeer, the Donkster. Here on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. <laughs> and we are back. This is Top of the Hour here on a Tuesday, December the 19th. A jam-packed hour coming your way. Uh, we'll be starting off with our first look at the NFL slate this weekend. Maybe you should be thinking about the presents you're buying for Christmas, but we're thinking about the bets that we'll be making this weekend. Then at 7.20, on to the NBA. John Morant making his return for the Grizzlies on the road at the Pelicans tonight. Will we see more than just drama from the Grizzlies this year? Maybe they can cover some numbers, finally, when their best player is back on the court. Then at 7.40, we've got an NHL parlay coming your way. And also, it's a Tuesday which means it's teaser Tuesday. I will give you my favorite teaser legs. And let me tell you, you might need the Pepto. Some of these teams I'm taking this week, mm, you might need to hold your breath. Uh, Jenks, how do you feel about betting on days where you're going to be with family, with friends, uh, on Mm. major holidays? Because this is a tricky situation. When you have like seven bets going on Christmas, and people are trying to talk to you, and you're like, can you please move out of the way? I need to see if Lamar Jackson huh. is going to run for nine more yards. Have you ever been in this situation where you feel like an absolute degenerate? Yes. This happened to me on Friday night, and I had to say goodbye to a longtime friend of mine. She's moving from D.C. to Austin, she and her husband. And so before we went to a Christmas party, we went to say, or this was Saturday, I should say, and so before we went to our Christmas party, went to her goodbye party. And the entire time I was so caught up in the RNL carrier New Orleans Bowl. <laughs> and if Jacksonville State was going to come, I was a nervous wreck. I'm like, this is so stupid. This is so dumb. And so Laura's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And it's because I was nervous about this dumb game. And then I looked up and I saw Jacksonville State won in overtime. I was like, ah. Then I was myself again. I was like, this is so dumb. And so, yes, in a big way, I learned a valuable lesson, which is over the holidays, I don't want to be sweating bets. Finally, I was back to normal. Everything was great. We had a big emo goodbye, but it was a good night for everyone. So everything worked out well. But for the first 20, 25 minutes of the night, I'm like, why am I sweating the New Orleans Bowl at this goodbye party? And I was. But the problem is they keep putting good games on holidays. Like Christmas Day, of course, we think of the NBA. And now we also have the NFL. I saw where we have a Christmas game because it is a Monday. Um, So I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. But do you think you'll ever outgrow that like nervous feeling? Because I think I've kind of outgrown it a little bit. To where if my bet doesn't hit, it's not the end of the world. Especially since I know we will be right back here the next morning, firing away again. Do you think you will outgrow the nervousness? I'm trying. It goes against my nature. Because I I think 
maybe that's not the right way to put it. Here's what I would say is that it's I need to keep repeating this mantra to myself again and again and again is that I'm someone where if I can fix something, if I can come to a solution, if I can put in the work to come up with some sort of result that works, I will do that. I have no problem doing that. And as you know, you can put in all the work in the world with sports betting. You can continue to handicap the right way and be smart about it and study. And it still doesn't matter. It, it does. You, you want to be smart about it, but you are going to take losses. That's just the way it is. And, and so for me, I'm not a control freak, but when I put in and work hard for something, I expect a result that is satisfactory. And by nature, sports betting just isn't that way. That's just not the way it works. And so I'm hoping I'll get better at it. That's one of my New Year's resolutions is to let things go because they end up eating at me just because like, I want to be good. I want to be good. I want to be good. And I keep having to tell myself, Michael, you know the drill here. You know how this works. I think a lot of it also depends on how I'm doing that week. Like if I'm having a losing week, that's when yeah. it feels like that desperation feeling in the pit of your stomach. But like if I'm winning that week, obviously it doesn't feel as meaningful. It's like, oh, well, I've had a good week. One loss is not going to cost me. Right. But somebody commented this on my TikTok and he said, um, sports analysts are like weathermen. They don't even get it right all the time, but yet they still have a job. And I said, yeah, because sports are volatile. Nobody would watch sports if every single outcome was by yeah. the numbers. Like, wouldn't they be so boring? And I'm looking at the NFL now, and doesn't it look like the 49ers are the best team? But listen, like, yes. they're not just going to be handed the Super Bowl trophy and be like, well, you know, you guys look like the best team. You still have to play the games. So I think that is the bottom line for me. Do you think weather people feel the same way? Like, I don't know anything about the weather, but it does feel like there are some volatile aspects to it. Like God's, you know, or whoever the higher being you believe in. Like, yeah. it feels like something that's probably hard to predict. Oh, well, yesterday, that guy was giving me a hard time on Twitter because it was supposed to rain yesterday in Charlotte. Oh. And that was part of it. I know. Weather but that's, but that, no, and he's an <laughs> idiot. But my, but my point is, if you're talking about the weather in general, Yeah. Imagine being, how many times have you heard, oh, it's going to be raining today or it's going to be sunshine and just the opposite happens a few hours later. What's the old saying in Texas? Well, if you don't like the weather, stick around a few minutes, it'll change. We used to say that all the time because weather is very dynamic like that. So if you're talking about predicting weather on this show, like let's say you're a, a forecaster and you're saying, or you're a meteorologist and you say, okay, based on models and how we think this is going to go, we should have a 40% chance of showers five or six hours from now. And next thing you know, something happens, the earth changes, the winds change, there's a high pressure system, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden everything clears up. So it's an imperfect science. And it's definitely imperfect on this show when you're trying to work that into your handicap. Yeah, we should have a support group where, you know, <laughs> handicappers and weather people meet up for a drink and we can you know, empathize with yes. all of the volatility in our lines of work. But I will say, at least in sports, when things are volatile, it's entertaining. When things yeah. are volatile in the weather, like nobody's sitting, you know, outside their house and clapping like, oh, it's raining today. Oh, my goodness. It was supposed to be sunny. What a crazy <laughs> change of events. 
But if you're a weather forecaster and you're hitting 60% of your forecasts, you suck. If you're a better, but if you're a better that's true. and you're hitting 60%, you're, you're a legend. That's true. That's so That's a good point. Imagine a meteorologist well, depends in on the, the bar. Juice. Well, that, if the meteorologist that is constantly giving out, this is what I hate about meteorologists, because every single day the forecast is partly cloudy with a chance of rain. So they cover all of the bases. Right. Oh, and they're like, yeah. well, there, I said there was a chance. That would be like you saying, you know, the Rams will probably win, but there's a chance that the Saints do. Oh, well, you covered it. I want to see a meteorologist <laughs> tying one on in a bar, and he's upset because he didn't get his forecast right, and it was just off. What's wrong, man? I don't know, man. I gave out a high of 101 today. <laughs> It hit 97. It's four degrees off, man. That's just, you know, that's not like me. Normally, I am, I'm at least within a couple degrees. I was just off today. You know, we didn't hit triple digits. So, hey, you want a shot? You want a shot? You know, man, maybe there are guys like that. I don't know. But Bill makes a very good point, which is it's got to be because you can always, you talk about hedging. Hedging in meteorology is a lot <laughs> easier. A lot easier. What's hedging in meteorology? Like what I like just we were said, talking about, like saying the chance of partly rain. cloudy. Well, I saw a cloud. That is part of a cloud. <laughs> it's partly cloudy. I mean, there was a chance of rain. I didn't guarantee rain. I said there was a chance. I saw a cloud. And technically, I'm on the right side here, guys. We're gonna see an increase in temperatures today. Give me two degrees. Nailed it. Nailed it. Do, you know, and then you get to walk over, to saunter it? over to the desk and make a joke. That's what I want to do. Like, oh, the weather's so nice. Time to get outside. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, do you think they ever get it, like, completely wrong? Like, somebody who took the under yes. in that, uh, what, 63-21 to 21 game between the Raiders and the, who was it? Who did the Raiders play? The Chargers. Mm. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. What's the equivalent of that in weather? Saying, yeah, it's going to be, like, 105 tomorrow. And they're like, dude, it didn't top 60. <laughs> dude we got a blizzard yesterday you are fired brandon staley of meteorologists brandon what in the staley. hell were you thinking well that just happened here in dc last week nobody said it was gonna snow and we got like an inch and a half yeah nobody called that no one no one <sighs> yeah but it probably does I make want. you feel better when nobody else called it either because that's the thing about that over in the chargers and Rangers game like nobody was sitting there and saying Oh, yeah, man, look out for 63 points from the Raiders. But this is our job, and, you know, that's part of it. And like I said, that's what makes sports enjoyable is some of the volatility. But our job is to try to do our best and look at some of these lines and see if we can pick some winners. And we're just trying to hit it like 60%, so get off our case. <laughs> All right, Jenks, uh, so let's look at Week 16 in the NFL and see if any of these games – catch our eye so first glance did you have a first impression rose was there a game that you said "Ooh, i really like that one or a game that you're not touching with a 10-foot pole why is this line in the bengals steelers game so short the bengals are laying two and a half points and i keep hearing and which is understandable this is a classic Classic spot for Mike Tomlin. Classic at home, home dog. I don't know if I see. 
Matt Canada, once he was fired as offensive coordinator, everyone assumed, well, that that was the only problem. Here come the Steelers. They had one good week since then. Their offense still hasn't done anything. I think the door is open for Kenny Pickett to return this week, but they may go with Mason Rudolph. Jake Browning is playing out of his mind right now. Maybe it's a sucker bet. Maybe it's a square side. But, you know, sometimes a square side is the right side. You're getting Bengals? Less than a field goal remaining in the playoff hunt? I kind of like Cincy, but I feel like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, it's a divisional game. I think that's what's built into the number there. But the second anybody mentions the name Mason Rudolph, that's the second I will be taking the other side, especially under a field goal. I would not be shocked if this is a low-scoring affair because most AFC North matchups usually are, but I'm with you. Like, I don't think you can convince me on the Steelers here. Even though last week felt like like a good Steeler spot, but Mason Rudolph, oh my Oof. God. Like, I'll do a lot of things, but I'm not betting on the Steelers with Mason Rudolph. Like, I'm not doing it. Even this time of year. Like, think of all the Rudolph puns we're going to hear if he actually oh. plays. It's going to be nauseating. Rudolph, the Pittsburgh QB. Couldn't make any of the throws. We could do that all. Give me give me a few hours. I'll make up that song. Oh, you know it's coming. No way. Give me the Bengals. I'll take the square side. God, Al Michaels is already, like, groaning if he had this game. I know it's on a Saturday, but still. Al Michaels probably sees the slate and is just like, ugh, these uh, games are disgusting. I miss the good old days when there was actually good football on the slate. Um, I am going to give you my teaser legs later in the show, but there is one line that kind of caught my eye. Cardinals plus four okay. and a half at the Bears. Do we think the Bears deserve to be laying four and a half? Like, I think the Bears are playing no. better. They were in my teaser last week, and I do like the Bears. But at some point, you look at a team and you say, is this team trustworthy enough to be laying more than a field goal? And I think the mm-hmm. question uh, the answer is no for me. Kyler Murray's playing, correct? Yeah, I I, I saw that too. No, I saw that too. I'm like, the Bears are laying this number? I mean, I don't want to bet on the Cardinals, but if you're asking me to pick a side here, I'm damn sure not saying, oh, yeah. It's kind of a dead number, but I'm not laying this many points with the Chicago Bears. The Bears could have the bottom drop out this week. I think they are the better team. The Cardinals are bad. Bears are bad. There's way too many points. Yeah, this is a Cardinals team that actually went toe-to-toe with the Texans when they had C.J. Stroud. Like, granted, mm-hmm. they got absolutely dismantled by the 49ers, but who hasn't? It's like that scene in Mean Girls where they're like, raise your hand if you've been personally victimized <laughs> right. by the San Francisco 49ers, and literally mm-hmm. everybody in the room raises their hand. So I do like the Cardinals with this week. Uh, getting four and a half. Here's an interesting one. Cowboys, okay. Dolphins. Dolphins laying a point and a half here. Oh, we're running out of time. God, I want to talk about this game. What was your first thought? We'll continue. I would fade the Cowboys here, but this line doesn't make any sense. Just a point and a half. Something fishy going on there. Ooh, to be continued. Dot, dot, dot. After the break, on to the NBA. Our favorite uh, games, I believe and the association. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. 
Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It's a Tuesday edition of The Daily Tip. In a few minutes, we'll get to tonight's NBA games, including the return of John Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies. Excuse me. Fresh off of serving his suspension of 25 games. Jenks, I was thinking of an NBA meme last night as I was furiously decorating Christmas cookies for my daughter's Christmas party today at school. I feel like moms during Christmas are that meme of LeBron James like hunched over and you know he looks like super fierce and you can tell he's about to drop like 35 points. That's how I feel the mentality is for moms this time of year because we are doing so much and we have the pressure of the family riding on our shoulders. But you know what? I've got that mamba mentality. I'm listening (laughs) to Kobe Bryant while I'm putting the icing on. But I will say this, decorating Christmas cookies is way harder than it looks because I've been watching like the holiday baking championship and you're like, oh man, that looks good, but it's a little messy, Susan. Like you think you could do better? And then here I am trying to put on frosting. That's tough. Like none of the cookies look very good. They are in no shapes. (laughs) Frosting looks terrible. Is there any theme? Is it just like, look, this is a parallelogram. This is a rhombus. (laughs) This is an oval. And you're just (laughs) random shapes. And you're, you're like, look, not only am I making Christmas cookies, I am teaching at the same time. That's how you spin it. Well, the problem is the shapes looked great when we put them on the cookie sheet, but then you bake them and then everything just turns into chaos. Like, I don't know where I went wrong because this time I used the parchment paper because I was like, oh, well, this is how the pros do it. You know, maybe it won't move as much. Oh, it definitely did. So you're right. None of our shapes look like shapes. So it just looks like here's a big oval. Here's something that's like, you know, a blob. But I at least did put Christmas colored icing on them and sprinkles. So I did make, my best. Make a make a bunch of ovals, footballs, and just decorate everything. Go Titans. You've already done it. But I'm sure they're fine. I don't know how you do it, honestly. Honest to God. I always think about you when I'm doing this show and I'm like, and I'm tired and I'm trying to put together all of these different handicaps that we do for this show, organize a show. I'm like, how is Chelsea doing this with a child and also baking and also going to different events or going to the playground and working out? I don't know how you do it, seriously, because I'm. it's just me, just me and the lovely Catherine and a cat. And Bijou does not require a lot of attention, except when he wants treats. And that's it. And I'm having a tough time, so I don't know how you manage all of that and are still able to get into these games and pick winners. I really don't. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but I'm not doing some of the mom things that well. Like, I've got to take a step back and realize this is not my walk of life because I know I'm going to walk into their school, you know, this morning and they're going to be moms who just crush it. You know, the cookies are going to be perfect and the decorations are going to be immaculate. But I understand that's not my walk of life. Like, have you ever approached something in your life like that? Just saying, okay. I understand I'm not the best at this, but like, I'm Mm -hmm. still going to try, but 
that's not my thing. Like I'm not great at like the homemaking part of being a mom, but the effort is there. Like that's all I can do, right? Oh, for sure. Well, and also I think what is what is something that deserves the most focus here is what is your intent? This is going to sound very Oprah-esque, but what is your motivation? What is in your heart? What kind of person are you? I, I am much more interested and more willing to be friends with, interested in someone who has their feelings in the right place, who is doing their best as, look, you can make the best Christmas cookie in the world and still be a bad person. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. You, it's like, oh my God, today. look at I'm these say- beautiful, perfectly crafted Christmas cookies, every single ornament perfectly in place. And then you go home and you're a garbage human being. You're driving home, cutting people off, flipping them off. Who knows? Just because you're doing these little things that on the outside and not, not to take anything away from someone who's baking perfectly. That's great. I'm just saying that if you're judging yourself by how good your cookies are, I would say that maybe you're focusing on something that isn't nearly as important as something else. I'm going to write that on a Christmas card and just like slip it to whoever has the best Christmas cookies. And it's like, <laughs> happy holidays, Sandra. Mm, good Christmas mm. cookies. Doesn't make you a good person. See ya. It doesn't. <laughs> See ya. Hey, great Christmas cookies. Also, you didn't pay for your gas today at Sheets. So you might want to tighten that up. Mm, no? I heard your marriage wasn't doing that well, huh? Mm. <laughs> You've been running around town like a real floozy, but hey, your Christmas tree looks great. <laughs> God, we're mean. Uh, But, you know, that's my walk of life here on the show. If I'm going to be getting cold, like the promo says, I might as well lean into it. So, you know, a few jabs here and there. Uh, But let's get into the NBA because we do have some big headlines in the association tonight, including one of the most electrifying players returning to the court for the Memphis Grizzlies. We've got the Grizzlies visiting the Pelicans tonight. And New Orleans, six and a half point favorites at home, total of 232 and a half. It's Ja Morant that's coming back to this Grizzlies roster. But I was looking at this line, I was like, oh, maybe the line will move because Ja is back. It hasn't really. It's seven and a half Mm -hmm. in some spots, so maybe six and a half is, uh, maybe we will see some line movement throughout the day. But you've got to remember that the Grizzlies, as a team, have been battling a ton of injuries. And Ja Morant's been out, sure, but they also have been missing Marcus Smart. Steven Adams hasn't played in forever. Luke Kennard, Brandon Clark. So this is a team that's pretty much decimated by injuries, and we've seen it. They have not covered a single spread in each of their last five games. Meanwhile, the Pelicans uh, have been one of those teams that are pretty solid uh, this year. Zion Williamson has been good. He has slimmed down a bit. He has not been eating Christmas cookies nearly as much as Stephen A. Smith would like to imply. Jenks. Does John Morant being back on the court make you want to bet on the Grizzlies here? It sure doesn't. Not at all. (laughs) I'm glad to see money going in the Pelicans' direction because I absolutely think this is the right call. Number one, as you said, the Grizzlies are a bad basketball team. Number two, even if you have a superstar come back into the fold, it does take a while for chemistry to develop on the court. And yeah, he's been practicing with the team. That is certainly different from... A game. The Pelicans have also won four straight. We're seeing money come in again on New Orleans. I got them this morning at minus six and a half, and now I'm trying to find it again at six and a half. It's at seven and a half almost everywhere. I like New Orleans in a big way here. 
Yeah, I think so too, especially since New Orleans has been really good at home this year. Like the mm -hmm. knock on New Orleans is that they are not nearly as good on the road. They're nine at four, nine and four at home though, as opposed to seven and seven away from the vaunted Smoothie King Center. Um, <laughs> but here's another, you know, parallel to this game. I saw when I was looking up John Morant, obviously you do the Google search, and apparently his new Christmas shoe is dropping tonight and i was thinking oh. okay we'll check them out i'm not really much of a sneaker person but they're purple and mint green how are these christmas shoes Ooh, purple and mint green i'm trying to imagine this i they don't, don't know. even match the uniforms like why is matching uh not a thing in the nba have you noticed this when players have like their signature shoes they yeah. don't even match the uniforms wouldn't you want to at least have coordinating colors with the uniform that you're wearing? Yes. I'm a guy that likes to match. Come on. Those <laughs> colors belong on a court in Las Vegas for the NBA Cup. You know, put some teal or some mint green, purple, throw in some, I don't know, cauliflower. What is that, a light blue? I don't know. I I, I like it when these guys have signature shoes, but they always look on point with the uniform, you know? And it's like, oh, look at those. Look at the guy in the Lakers. They're wearing their blue and yellow, and his shoes are red and green for Christmas. It stands <laughs> out and it doesn't look good to me at all. Yeah, that's my two cents. Like, I'm pretty basic. I don't find myself thinking fashion forward. But I will say, you know, at least my clothes usually match. But maybe that's not as wild and electric as the NBA uh, wants to keep it. When you're looking at the NBA slate, were there any other games that you at least wanted to talk about or look at? I was looking at the line in this Bucks and Spurs game because I will say uh, the Spurs have not been a great team, but they've at least covered in two of their last three um a win against the lakers that was a big one uh but still milwaukee their offense it's really hard to fade them here even at a big number because yeah. that's what you're looking for when you need a team to cover a 14 and a half point spread or whatever it is 16 and a half geez um you need an offense that can really fire on all cylinders we know milwaukee can do that but the problem is sometimes their defense is not the best so at 16 and a half are you willing to take a risk on the spurs here I am not. I like the over, actually. I can't believe I like the over at 249 and a half. Are you serious? But Wimby's out, okay? So, obviously, he's a great defensive uh. presence for San Antonio, and he can score. So, right there, I think, I think his defensive prowess is more significant here. But ultimately, the Spurs don't play any defense anyway, right? They're fourth worst in the NBA. And then look at how the Bucks are playing right now. They've lost exactly one game in Milwaukee this season. The over is hit in eight of their last nine overall. I don't want to lay a number this big, but I would go over to 49 and a half. Yeah, did not know that Wemby was out. Obviously, that is a big thing to consider. But still, the Spurs overall just have not been good, even with Wemby in the lineup. Uh, looking at the bottom of the slate, or at least you know what we have in the rundown, we do have what looks to be on paper a good matchup between the Warriors and the Celtics. 
this year has not gone well for Golden State. Yeah. I think at the start of the season, we would say, ooh, this is a good one. Maybe I'll stay up and watch this game between the Warriors and the Celtics. But this line is five. Golden State, home dogs here getting five points. Is there any way to believe in Golden State right now? It's hard to separate the drama that we've seen in the headlines and mm-hmm. what we've seen on the court. But the numbers aren't even supporting Golden State either. Two and four against the spread in their last six games. It feels like Boston's the play, no? I think Boston is the play. I think one thing I might look at here is, and we didn't talk about it, but the last time he played Steph Curry on Sunday night, his three-pointer streak ended at 268 games. Bravo, by the way. That's incredible. Five straight years of at least one three-pointer. He went 0 for 8, scored 7 points. So... I think in a game like this, when you're talking about a marquee team like the Celtics, I don't think Steph goes back-to-back games shooting that poorly. So Steph Curry, five three-pointers or more, minus 140. It's a little juicy, but I feel like he steps up tonight and he fires away. And he's going to have to for the Warriors to have a chance. It's a high number. I get it. But I'll bank on Steph having a great night after what was very uncharacteristic for him last time out. Well, clearly the books think so too. Five threes is minus 140? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, isn't that crazy? So clearly you're not getting any kind of bargain. The books are like, no, no, no. We do not believe that Steph Curry has has, uh, lost his touch just after one game. So I think that is very telling how high that line is. But I think I'll just go ahead and take the Celtics here. Uh, You should know that... Kristaps Porzingis is questionable for this one. He's uh, been really good offensively this year uh, for Boston. But in the meantime, this is not a Golden State team that I would like to trust. What's the game we didn't get to? Uh, The Suns and the Trailblazers. I'm not going to lie. This game does not really excite me. Jenks, is there anything you think the better should know here? Yes. Bradley Beal, once (laughs) again, once again, out for two weeks. This cat never plays just don't bet on the suns i see everyone on the suns i would be on the blazers here phoenix is zero and five against the spread in their last five so look they could absolutely donkey stomp the blazers who are terrible but do you really want to bet on a suns team where you just don't know what you're gonna get night in and night out how many games have the big three played together this season two three Beal is always injured. I would just stay away from this one completely. I was going to ask you this. They have been offering lines for the Christmas Day games for quite some time now. Because Mm -hmm. I always find myself like scrolling through the games. And then you see a game, you're like, huh, I don't remember that game being on the schedule. And they're like, oh, December 25th. Do you think there's any value betting on those games early? It feels like the NBA is one of those leagues where... I don't think I'd want to bet on games early. Like, wouldn't you want to know who's playing and who's not injured? For a league where you find out if players are going to play maybe an hour or two before, I sure wouldn't want to bet weeks before. So that would be a pass from this guy. Yeah, those lines have been up for a long time, too. So Mm -hmm. I guess somebody's betting on them. You know, got to make their Christmas plans for what they're going to bet on. Actually, I kind of respect it. All right, after the break here on the Daily Tip, Teaser Tuesday, my favorite teaser legs. Come your way next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. 
Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. We're off and rolling. Hope your holiday season is off to a wonderful start. Jenks, I was just looking at the Christmas slate. Boy, if you don't want to talk to your family at all, you don't gotta. Because the NBA and the NFL have you covered. Starting at 11 a.m., you've got the Bucks and Knicks squaring off. And you have five NBA games, which is the norm. The NBA's big Mm -hmm. day is usually Christmas. We know this. But also, the NFL this year has three Christmas Day games. Starting at noon, Raiders-Chiefs. 3.30, 3.30, Giants and Eagles, 7.15, Ravens and 49ers. Do you think all of these games are going to get somebody in trouble for watching too much football when they should be creating memories with their loved ones? Yes, probably you. You're the one <laughs> with the family. <laughs> yeah. Talking about yourself. Do you think it's going to get someone in trouble? Yes, the person talking to me. Aren't you hosting family? Aren't you going to be making food or at least having some sort of Christmas feast? Am I wrong here? No, you're absolutely right, but I'm not going to be in trouble for it because these are my Christmas memories. My dad, my brother, and my uncles all watching the NBA while (laughs) I am playing quietly in the corner with my My Little Ponies because my dad and brother really like basketball. They both uh, played college basketball. Uh, So I've I've always had to do this. So it's pretty much the norm and – Obviously, that's like half of the people I'm having over is my dad and brother. I feel bad for my brother's new girlfriend, who I don't think likes any sports. Like, I... That's that's a tough one. Have you ever realized how little you have in common with people when they don't follow sports? You're like, uh, current events. I don't know. Uh, Mm. reality TV. Got nothing for you there. You got some reality TV in you. What's won. don't you watch Real Housewives mm-hmm. or Below Deck or The Golden Bachelor no. or something? No. Only Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because here's there my justification. Go. At least okay. the housewives on that show have their own careers. Like they're not just mm. doing nothing if that makes sense. And I get it. Like homemaking is a thing. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, like you certainly have a job, but on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like it's women that are pretty successful so i kind of like seeing that uh and also the drama is way better so obviously that is my one treat myself show that has nothing to do with sports like i feel like you watch a ton of shows on netflix like i don't watch a lot i i try to i i usually watch i like watching a lot of true crime i like watching documentaries and then i'll watch a good movie but i'm not some people just put on a movie just for the hell of it like oh this looks pretty good I like to read the reviews and know what I'm getting into or, okay, I, I'll watch the trailer. I'll read a synopsis and say, this feels like something I would like. But if I'm going to spend, for me, time is very valuable, especially doing a show like this where like minutes count in the morning. My clothes are laid out. Mm-hmm. I got to get an Uber at the right time. I got to wake up. I got to hustle. So time is of the essence. So an extra five, 10 minutes of my time wasted is something I don't want to do. And so if I'm going to spend two, two and a half hours watching something, then I'm fine with it. But I want to make sure at least going in that I have a pretty good idea that I might like it as opposed to being like, oh, this is number three. This looks cute. Click. Like, I wouldn't do that. 
Yeah, but don't you ever find yourself spending too much time researching the movie? And you're like, okay, I could have been an hour through this movie instead of, I have read every single article on Rotten Tomatoes. It takes like five or six minutes. You watch the trailer, you read a couple reviews. I'm like, okay, the reviews are good. I like the storyline here. This I don't I don't spend 20, 25 minutes researching it. I'm talking about a very finite amount of time saying, okay, I'm going to look into this. This looks pretty good. Because every now and then, if a movie's a real clunker and you research it really quick, you can find out within a couple minutes, like, ooh, this movie's pretty bad. I don't think I want to, I don't even want to look elsewhere. Like, that's when you really know. With the mediocre to good movies, you spend a little bit longer, like, oh, I think I might like this. But if it's a bad movie, that's really what you're doing more than anything else is saying, I don't want to waste my time on something that's really bad. Yeah, the bad acting, you can tell from the jump. You're like, ooh, yeah. this is going to be a rough watch, isn't it? I'm going to be laughing the entire time, and this is supposed to be a serious movie. But I will say, when I research things, it makes me, I think, enjoy the experience more. It's the same thing mm -hmm. as these NFL games. When we spend all week talking about it, I think I like it more because you get to see if all of your hypotheses work out. I'm the same way with restaurants. Do you do this? Yeah. I have found myself doing this later in life where I like to research the restaurant. I like to look yeah. at the menu and kind of prep the brain for what I'm going to expect when I get to this restaurant. Do you think that's weird? Like, shouldn't I just oh, go I to a restaurant and be like, I'll look at the menu when I get there? No, I did the same thing. That way when I get there, I'm ready to. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll take a cursory review. Like, I'll look at the menu again. But I don't want to spend, again, this is about time. So I got some time to myself. Cool. I'm going to look at what I probably want. I know what drinks I'm going to get usually anyway. And then I'll say, okay, this is what I'm going to get. So that way when I get there, it's just like, I'll glance at the menu, but I'm pretty much ready to go. And I'm just going to enjoy the ambiance. And Because I have a hard time sometimes making a decision anyway. So that way when I get in there, most of my time is spent engaging with a lovely Catherine, just enjoying the night, enjoying the drink, whatever it is, as opposed to going, oh, I don't know. Oh, these Brussels sprouts look good. I don't, mm, I don't know. What do you think? The calamari. I like calamari. Like, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's something to be said for talking things out. I just don't want to spend a long time doing it. And most of that is my own fault. Well, and also it prevents panic ordering. We've all done it. When the waitress comes mm -hmm. around, you have no idea, but you don't want to hold up the table. So you're like, uh, chicken tenders. And then you look around <laughs> the table and everybody has delicious food. And there you are with the chicken critters at Texas Roadhouse. Uh, so I think it so, prevents that. You are ordering up the, the, the kids menu. I just wanted to confirm the, 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 the critters. The yeah, that's correct. The little cow pokes menu. Look, you're a little <laughs> cow poke. <laughs> Just want to make sure you're ordering out the little cowpoke menu. That, that's that's right. Whew. Uh, yeah, you have to be that. 12 years and younger to order off the cowpokes menu. You do know that, right? Do you have a child with you? Is this for her? No, it's for me. Please give me the chicken critters with some barbecue sauce. Ma'am, you're clearly taller than the four foot five. <laughs> <laughs> the the measuring the measuring wall we have over here. So if you could just go ahead and look at the adult menu, that'd be great. But it's the same way with betting because I have panic yeah. bet before. Like you know when it's forty five minutes to kick off, and I always have this oh, like yeah. FOMO feeling. Like we do our bets at the end of the show, and I'll usually do like two or three. But then you see everybody on gambling Twitter throwing out bets. And you're like, ooh, maybe I should go bigger. 
But here's the purpose of our show. We are trying to prep you for the weekend ahead so you don't have to panic order. At least you will know something about these plays. So that's why I created my teaser bright and early on a Tuesday morning. Chelsea is such a teaser. a connotation with some of these sounders as of late i'm on the naughty list i'm such a tease mm-hmm. ah Whoa. come on david give me more credit than this can we do one well, that's positive instead of giving me a lump of coal don't those seem like they're in line with one another if you're a tease you're that's probably on I'm the naughty saying. list yeah so i think these fit together in simpatico I'm not arguing that. I'm saying the picture that's being painted of my character is not one that I appreciate. But maybe you guys can forgive me if I give you a winning teaser. So let's do it. Let's get to my teaser teams on this teaser Tuesday. We're going to start off with a big favorite and fading probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Bills are laying 11 and a half on the road uh, at the Chargers. We can get this down to five and a half. If you are new to teasers, it means you get six points in your favor and you combine it with a few other teams to get some plus money on the card. So we'll go Bills minus five and a half at the Chargers. Looks like the Bills are really trending in the right direction. I'm cool with lying under a touchdown with Buffalo. Next up, we're going to go to the Browns and the Texans. I'm taking the Browns plus eight and a half at the Texans. Uh, I think this is a Browns team. The defense is really good. No matter who the quarterback is, it feels like a team that is always in it. Obviously, the sabotage factor there is uh, if C.J. Stroud returns, obviously the Texans are much better. But the leg I like the most, I think, and we referenced this, I think, at the top of the show or the top of the the segment earlier in this hour. Cardinals plus 10.5 at the Bears. In what world would you ever feel comfortable laying 10.5 with the Chicago Bears? There's your answer. I think Kyler Murray can keep it close. Played a really good game against the Texans with C.J. Stroud. They just got donkey stomped by the 49ers. But, hey, who hasn't been? So I'll go with that. Bills minus minus 5.5. Browns plus 8.5. And Cardinals plus 10.5 at the Bears. Jenks, who ruins my teaser? Well, I'll throw this back at you because you suggested this yesterday. How much confidence do you have? in the Buffalo Bills because I I think the Bills are playing awesome football right now. They're playing desperate football right now. But they've only put together a couple wins. They have to go all the way out west against a Chargers team that has nothing to lose, and now Brandon Staley is out of the picture. So I'll turn it around to you. That's the only leg that makes me worry just a little bit. Even though I believe in Buffalo, of the three, that's the one that will concern me the most. You think the Chargers can keep it close in a football game in the NFL in the year 2023? Maybe. This this is here's the thing. Here's the thing you have to be aware of too is that after that thrashing that they received, there's always an overreaction in the market every single time. We saw the same thing when the Dolphins dropped 70 against the Broncos, all of a sudden the Broncos. Broncos are a different team. I'm just saying there's always a market overreaction that you have to be aware of. Oh, for sure. I totally get that. I think the sabotage factor is going to be the Browns. Like, obviously, I'm kind Mm -hmm. of hoping C.J. Stroud does not play, but right now he's still in concussion protocol. 
Um, but the Browns are definitely one of those teams that offensively, not one of the best, but I will take the eight and a half with a defense that is still very good. So here are the teams again, Bills minus five and a half at the Chargers, Browns plus eight and a half at the Texans, Cardinals plus 10 and a half at the Bears. You combine them all up in my teaser and that gets you a plus 160 on the card. If you disagree me, disagree with me, that is fine. Let me know who ruins that teaser. Top of the hour next here on the Daily Tip, we'll get to our favorite straight up plays this week in the NFL. Stick with us. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.